Our nation is independent because of the incredible wisdom and foresight of our founding fathers who laid the foundation to eradicate slavery. Well, today I want to give you the background, the, the events and, and the preaching that led up to that incredible moment in history. And the reason why is that the deep state has so distorted and so perverted our history that your average American has no idea. Well, today we're going to learn how to fight the deep state with truth and in particular with the truth about the history of the incredible founding of our constitutional republic. Stay tuned. So last week we talked about the Declaration of Independence, what it says, what it, you know, the incredible biblical principles that were enshrined within it, and what that produced, including uh, the abolishing of slavery, uh, the equality under the law of all people, and the recognition that God gave us our rights, not the government, and therefore government can't take it away. Well, now I want to give you a little bit of the history. You know, the history is so important. Uh, in, in 1984, George Orwell understood that whoever controlled uh, the past, and, as in whoever controlled the, the writing and, and the understanding of history, was able to control the present and the future. And so we need to have an accurate understanding of our history as Americans. And, and I mentioned Sun Tzu. Who, uh, who pointed out that if you don't know your own self and you don't know uh, your enemy, you're going to lose every single battle. But if you do know yourself and you do know your enemy, you'll win every battle. So as uh, free American men and women and people around the world who love liberty, who love God, um, if we want to really be successful against the deep state, we have got to have an understanding of ourselves. And that begins with an understanding of our history. Now, I'm not going to go back to the history, uh, to the Mayflower and all that, but I do want to give a little bit of the history of what led up to the Declaration of Independence, because it's just fascinating. It's not taught in schools anymore today for obvious reasons, right? The deep state doesn't want you to know your history, because if you knew your history, you would not tolerate a bunch of lunatics running around tearing down statues and uh, desecrating our nation and, and, and setting our country on fire, uh, the whole nation would be united against this evil. So let's talk about our history. Now, before the signing of the Declaration of Independence, there was a period uh, known as the Great Awakening from about 1740 to about 1760. This was an incredible revival uh, where Christianity, where the gospel just spread across the country in an amazing way. I mean, Benjamin Franklin talked about the churches were just absolutely packed. Maybe the number of, of Christians doubled, maybe, and, and, and Christians were just on fire for the Lord. This was led by uh, preachers uh, like Jonathan Edwards, preachers like George Whitfield, uh, and the founding fathers, who would eventually go on to, to enshrine our rights in the, in the Declaration of Independence and later the Constitution. Uh, they were children, and they were living through this, where, where just whole entire towns were just on fire for God, and the churches were bursting at the seams. Uh, it was an incredible sight to behold, this great awakening. Um, and, you know, this directly produced uh, the, the mindset, the worldview, and uh, the, the understanding, the wisdom, and the insight, and the discernment that ultimately culminated in our Declaration of Independence and ultimately our war for independence against the tyrant uh, ruling us from the United Kingdom, from Great Britain at that time. So uh, Samuel Adams, uh, he's often touted as the father of the revolution. Uh, he really was a, a key player, and that's one of the reasons you don't hear about him much anymore. He was a godly man. He loved liberty. He loved his nation, uh, and he was so critical in the founding of our nation. So I want to talk a little bit about him. Uh, in 1772, he founded what became to be known as the Committees of Correspondence. Uh, and the first letter ever, th these were basically like kind of underground groups where they were circulating information uh, among each other to, you know, talking about things that the king probably wouldn't have been pleased about. And the first letter ever circulated by these Committees of Correspondence it was written by Sam Adams. 
was called Rights of the Colonists. And this was 100% rooted in, in a biblical understanding of right and wrong, a biblical understanding of, of the purpose of government uh, and history. And so what he said in this letter was, the rights of the colonists as Christians, this is a direct quote, the rights of the colonists as Christians may be best understood by reading and carefully studying the institutes of the great lawgiver and head of the Christian church, which are to be found clearly written and promulgated in the New Testament. Uh, these included, he said, first, a right to life, second, a right to liberty, and third, a right to property, together with a right to defend them. And you're probably thinking, hey, I, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, if you watched our episode last week, you know that in the Declaration of Independence, our founding fathers put almost those exact words, right? Uh, we have a right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness. The reason they didn't include slavery is because, uh, or property is because they didn't want anybody to get the idea that that meant you could own people. And so, uh, so they, they just described it as pursuit of happiness. But these are very biblical ideas, right? God said, don't murder, therefore you have a right to life. God said, don't steal, therefore you have a right to property. God said, you know, don't kidnap people, therefore you have a right to your liberty, right? Now, this, was, this idea uh, was already widespread throughout the colonies, but Sam Adams played a really important role in kind of you know, writing it down and articulating it in a way that was understandable, that was attractive, that rallied people together, that united uh, the Christian peoples. Of the, and, you know, there was a, a wide diversity of Christians in the colonies at that time. There was you know, Presbyterians and Moravians and uh, Episcopalians and you know, all kinds of different denominations of Christians. There was even some Catholics in you know, places like Maryland. Uh, and so there was a lot of diversity there, but they were united behind these biblical principles. And as we got closer to the revolution, uh, these principles became more and more firmly ingrained in the American mind. Now, uh, the colonists were upset about some things. They were legitimately upset, right? Uh, they were upset about the despotic rule of the king. So uh, the 1765 Stamp Act was uh, aimed at raising money for the king's military. And, you know, it wasn't totally unjustified that the colonists should pay part of that. I mean, he was supposedly defending the colonies uh, from invasion and from, uh, you know, attacks by uh, uh, pagan uh, Indian tribes and things like that. But uh, there was never any representation. Uh, you know, the, the king didn't say, hey, colonists, are you guys all right if I impose some taxes on you to pay for your defense? He just, hey, guys, you're going to pay up, right? Uh, and so people got mad about that because they were being forced to pay taxes without any consent. They didn't have any representation in the British Parliament, so they were upset about what was happening. Uh, later, we had the uh, the Townsend Act and then the Tea Act, and and the people of that era, uh, and you know, through the committees of correspondence, the word was spreading. This was a violation even of the English Constitution, the unwritten English Constitution, which itself was rooted in biblical principles, going back to you know the Magna Carta, that really required the consent of the governed. Right? That even the British king uh, had to uh, assent to the British Parliament. The representatives of the British people. And yet for Americans, for some reason, even though they were all considered to be subjects of the king, uh, they were not offered that same opportunity to participate in the governing of their own affairs. And that made them very upset. Uh, eventually that culminated in the Boston Tea Party, where the colonists were very upset about these new tea taxes. Uh, so they threw all the tea into uh, the, the harbor there in Boston, dressed up as Indians. And the king was very, very mad, and he retaliated like crazy. I mean, he tried to blockade uh, the port in Boston and just brutalize these people. Well, what that did, um, you know, much to the chagrin of the King of England, was cause an incredible unity among these diverse colonies, right? Uh, when Britain retaliated, you had uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Virginia. They all came together, and they called for a day of fasting and prayer. And you had these really diverse colonies with different 
forms of government, different histories, different traditions, different religious beliefs, right? Uh, there was a wide array, as I mentioned, of, of different religions, uh, different Christian denominations within the colonies. And that eventually led to this concept of e pluribus unum, right? Out of many, one. So out of this diverse array of different colonies, uh, we're all going to become one. And it was an incredible example of biblical Christian unity, where we might not all agree on every doctrine and every principle, but hey, we are united on these important fundamental aspects that ultimately would be enshrined in the Declaration of Independence. Now, in 1774, the first Continental Congress came together in September. And naturally, as you might expect from the type of people we had at that time, they began with a prayer to God. In fact, their very first resolution was that proceedings should be opened with prayer. And clergy led the way, guys, at every step of the way. And this is all written out of the history books. It's, oh, separation of church and state. We can't talk about our history in history class. It's disgusting. It's ludicrous. It's absurd. If the Founding Fathers could have ever imagined that the First Amendment would be so thoroughly twisted and, and I mean, it means basically the opposite of what was what it was intended to mean, they would have burned down this country before they would have written and ratified that. Uh, and, and I encourage you guys to go get some of the Christian sermons by the pastors of that era uh, that really led the way in terms of the understanding of Christian liberty, in terms of the understanding of uh, the necessity to resist evil and tyranny and despotism uh, of the kind that the was imposing on us. Now, uh, as Boston was under siege, all the colonies joined together to help her. And this was, of course, also led by the pastors. Uh, the Provincial Congress in Massachusetts, under the leadership of John Hancock, uh, they actually issued a statement and they credited, quote, pastors of churches of Christ and the goodness of heaven for coming to their aid and for protecting them as the British were trying to basically pummel them and starve them into submission. And as things got increasingly heated, uh, you know, the king was getting more and more ruthless, more and more uh, unpredictable. Churches started forming uh, Minutemen, right? Basically, uh, the, the male members of the churches would come together and they would form uh, part of the militia. And interestingly, a lot of the times the pastors led the troops. We'll talk about one incredible example of that soon. Uh, and then it actually broke out into a shooting war. And this is, again, stuff that you don't learn in history class. It's so sad because it's so it's so crucial. If you want to understand where we came from, if you want to understand who we are as a nation and as a people, you need to understand these things. And yet they've been written out of our history books, unfortunately. So Paul Revere, uh, he was in charge of alerting the colonists if the British were going to come. And, of course, the British did come. On uh, April 18th, they set out from Boston. Uh, they were going, they were under orders to go and try to confiscate weapons and gunpowder and ammunition that the colonists had. So by April 19th, the British troops arrived in Lexington and Concord, and they said, hey guys, you guys need to all surrender your guns and all your ammo and your gunpowder. Uh, naturally, being free Americans, they said, no, actually, we're, we're not going to do that. Thank you very much. Well, there's a little bit of uh, mystery and debate around what happened next, but uh, a shootout broke out. Uh, British troops massacred uh, a lot of Americans, and of course, the infamous shot heard around the world broke out that day. And uh, Reverend Jonas Clark, who was a reverend in that area, very, very influential uh, among the founding fathers in that era, he said after this that from this day will be dated the liberty of the world. So this was an incredibly important day. And people at the time recognized the significance, right? The liberty of the world would be dated, it would be dated uh, from that day. Now, we are facing many of the same problems today, right? We've got governors demanding that we give up our guns. We've got uh, people in Congress demanding that we give up our guns. We've got mayors demanding that we do this, that, and the other. 
Well, anyways, the Continental Congress came together and they appealed to the great governor of the world. And uh, they asked for a day of fasting, prayer, and humiliation on July 20th, 1775. They said, God, you know, we are in some big trouble here. The, the most powerful military, the most powerful empire on the face of the planet is really mad at us and is determined to uh, crush us. Please, we need your help, God. And God did help. And all around the land, you know, all through the colonies, pastors were preaching about the duty to resist tyranny, about the duty to resist evil, about God's design for government, about God's design for uh, proper authority and rule. Um, you had incredible, incredible speeches given during that time. Of course, Patrick Henry, uh, one of the big ones, right? He, he spoke to delegates in Virginia uh, at a beautiful uh, the uh, St. John's Church in uh, Richmond, said, a gentleman may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it not, or forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. This is what people came to believe, right? Uh, freedom and, and, and what's right is so important that I'm willing to die, so help me God, uh, to stand for what's right, right? Can you imagine that kind of courage today? Now, instead, we're going to put on masks and we're going to beat up little old ladies and break down people's businesses. I mean, just a bunch of cowards, right? Uh, the pastors, of course, helped lead the way. And I think this is one of the biggest problems we have today in America. The deep state has neutralized so many of our churches, so many of our pastors with lies and with bad theology and with 501c3, uh, you know, uh, 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 bludgeons, trying to, to intimidate them from speaking out on the things that mattered. But this is completely alien to our history. In fact, without the pastors, uh, America would not be a free nation today. And I want to speak a little bit about the Black Robe Regiment. These were the pastors who helped lead the war for independence. Uh, in particular, I want to point your attention to uh, Pastor uh, Reverend Peter Muhlenberg. Uh, in December of 1775, he gave an incredible sermon at his church, he said, uh, you know, there's a time for all things, right? There's a time for prayer. There's a time for writing. There's a time for all kinds of things. There's also a time to fight. And that time has now come. So he took off his, uh, his priestly clothes. And underneath that, he was wearing the uniform of a Virginia colonel for the militia. And uh, the drums started banging. And uh, most of the men, almost all of the men in his church went outside and signed up. And they joined his regiment. Um, and then uh, Peter Muhlenberg eventually became uh, one of Washington's top generals and uh, was crucial in the war for independence and for what's right. Now, this was incredible, right? This laid the foundation for the greatest, freest, most prosperous nation in the world. This enabled people all over the world to, to see, wow, liberty works, right? We, we can do that too. And, and all over the world, I mean, constitutions and, and, and wars all over the world have looked to America and have said, wow, they did it, right? They, they, they pursued their own freedom. They did it successfully. It worked, right? Look, look at what an amazing country it's become. Let's do that now. And that's why people from all over the world are still scrambling to get in America, right? And anywhere you go in the entire world, people would love to come to America. They've done surveys, you know, there's like huge millions, billions of people would give anything to come to America. And it's based on these principles. Now, you compare that to other revolutions, right? Like the uh, the anti-Christian French Revolution, where uh, right away they started beheading people. They started uh, breaking down churches. They started murdering pastors. Total tyranny came in. And, um, you know, we saw how that ended, right? Eventually, Napoleon had to take charge as the nation was defending, uh, descending into uh, absolute savagery and barbarism, uh, you know, not seen before in, in civilized history, uh, and absolutely a 
appalling disgrace. And so we were very blessed, guys, to be born in America. And, and you know, coming out of these celebrations on the 4th of July, it's so important that we go back and that we understand our history, folks. So last week, I recommended you read your Declaration of Independence. If you haven't done that yet, do it. It's so important, guys. Don't let the deep state define your understanding of what it means to be an American. Don't let the deep state define your understanding of America or our history. They're lying to you, right? That's why they didn't teach you any of this in your public school. So uh, don't just sit on this knowledge, right? Now that you know, share this information with other people. It is absolutely critical. If we are going to defend America as a free constitutional republic where God-given rights are protected for all people, it is absolutely critical that we understand the principles that this was based on, the history that this came out of, and uh, there's no shortcut, guys. If we don't know these things, we are going to be swept away by this tide of evil that is sweeping over our land. I'm Alex Newman, folks. You've been watching Behind the Deep State. Thank you very much for watching. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. You know, Get this out there. Email it to people. Put it on other video platforms. Get the word out there, guys. We are in a battle uh, for the very survival of our republic, of our freedom. And if we don't get involved, if we don't educate upcoming generations about the great, amazing history of our nation, it's all gonna be lost. So like this video, hit that little bell so that whenever we post a new one, it'll notify you. That way YouTube can't bury us uh, completely. And uh, thanks again for watching, folks. God bless you all. And until next time, this is Behind the Deep State.